Welcome back to another brand new episode of the EPL Boys, your home for everything English Premier League soccer related and a little bit more. My name is Matt, as always, with my best friend through the internet, JD. It was a weekend. It was a super weekend. Some say it was the Super Bowl of weekends. I mean, when you have matchups like Luton versus Sheffield and Chelsea versus Crystal Palace, I mean, so much super to talk about. Yeah, uh, it was it was an interesting weekend. Um there, there was no NFL game on, so uh, don't worry about that. It was, it was just Premier League football. Um, but yeah, there was it was, the, it, there was, was a, it was one, a weird weekend. But there was this one thing about Taylor Swift that kept oh, popping up. Oh yeah, on my yeah, thing. there was. I was it was it just a Taylor Swift concert or was yeah. it just a, a gathering Usher, of fans? I think, I think Usher was there. Mm. Um, Luda, was ludicrous. In all seriousness, the second, like I don't like the NFL for many reasons, but I will watch the Super Bowl as sure. uh, as every single annoying person. I'm only there for the commercials, but I actually genuinely would just like to see like what shit's coming out and stuff like that. <laughs> Movie premieres are very like, they start like officially like rubber stamp a date like for the Super Bowl. Cause what is it? You're paying like $4 million for 30 seconds or something Probably like that. Probably more than that, honestly. So it's like, you know it's going to be like, they're not going to tease you with a trailer. They're going to tell you exactly when. Like, I'm excited. The Deadpool movie. Got a date. That's awesome. right. Yeah. Let's go. Um, Wicked. I didn't even know they were coming out with a Wicked movie. If you've ever seen Wicked in Broadway, like the Broadway musical, I am so excited for that movie. Like, I was, I was genuinely, supposed to see Wicked on Broadway. Like, when I was like 12, I was supposed to go, and it just, I, yeah. Like, my parents got tickets, and for some reason we couldn't go. I would go. I, I would definitely make the trek into the city because Wicked, Wicked's awesome in um, on Broadway. Broadway hits. There's, there We've seen, Chris and I have seen a, a handful of Broadway plays. Most of them have hit. Don't waste your time with Atlat- Aladdin. That one actually is just terrible. And yeah. it's like, save the... Yeah, save your money on that. I haven't I haven't seen a Broadway show since I was probably like 13 or 14. And it's funny because I've seen two Broadway shows and both well, one is definitely a comedy, the other one's comedic. But I saw Monty Python spam a lot way younger than I should have. Yeah, I was about to <laughs> and, say but it was, that. But is... it was really funny. <laughs> and then I I'm saw back. Spring Awakening with fun fact, I, I grew up in like kind of a theater family. I wasn't really that into it. But I was kind of just forced to be around it. Um, but Spring Awakening, it's like a, it's about like a German teenager who goes to like a private school, and it's about like sex and like, it's kind of weird. But the music's really good. It's like rock music. It's kind, it's, it's good songs and everything. The main, the main actor for that when I was like fourteen, Jonathan Groff. Do you know who that is? I have no idea who that is. I'm he, well, he you. was one of the voices in Frozen. Uh, wow. And then he played uh, the king in Hamilton on Broadway, oh, which was okay. huge. Yeah, like he very re- he's a very recognizable like actor and like voice actor. But um, he's from like my area in PA, and I got to meet him after that show. This was before he was big. He was just the lead in a Broadway show at the time, 
And so there's a picture somewhere of me with Jonathan Groff before anybody knew him, and I, I was like 14. But uh, hmm. yeah, that's my that's my Broadway fun fact. Thank you. <laughs> this is Thank this is that and, and a little bit more part of when yeah, Matt, yeah. Matt's intro. <laughs> um, I though cannot stress enough how much I enjoyed usher's performance i i'm tired of this like you mean his lip syncing performance whatever who cares who fucking cares okay <laughs> like genuinely and wholeheartedly who fucking cares the second i saw little john i was screaming at the <laughs> oh, tv yeah. bring on luda bring on ludicrous like right this he second did. he did and i am we had full afro ludicrous and I, I, that that might have been the best part of the, Super Bowl Sunday for me. The, like, the only way it could have been better is if they had, like, a hologram of, like, 12-year-old Justin Bieber. Yeah, that... Like, that, that I, would have put it over the top. Like, I, not, I, not, I, not Justin Bieber, 12-year-old Justin Bieber as, like, a hologram. Because yeah. that would have been that time period. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't stress this enough. Like, give me all the guest spots. I'm actually, at this point, more excited about the guest spots... Uh, that they don't tell you about compared to who it actually is like okay usher awesome cool i'm gonna watch a guy in his like late 40s who is in way too good of shape and that's coming from me like dude have a cheat meal have a cheeseburger bro like yeah well they apparently nickelodeon was doing the slime cast at the same time and they had their own halftime show and i i didn't see it but apparently it was supposed to be like a true like bubble bowl that like spongebob thing yeah, I'm going to be very honest. I think we got teased it a few years ago yeah, that, yeah, like, the... oh, SpongeBob will be there, SpongeBob will be there. And, like, the every single person of the millennial generation got in front of their TVs with the most excitement they've ever felt in their entire life just to be disappointed with Maroon 5. And yeah, and Kendrick there was, like, a five-second, like, yeah. audio clip of it. Yeah. Yeah. I have never been more disappointed in my entire life. And I am a Manchester United, New York <laughs> Red Bull, Boston Red Sox, uh, New Jersey Devil, like, fan. And I have never been more disappointed in my entire life than the five seconds of SpongeBob and then nothing. Like, how dare you? I didn't actually watch the rest of that game. I went home. I was sober enough at the party. Like, I didn't drink that much because I was driving home anyway. I left. And my friends are like, where'd you go? I was like, I'm going home. There's like, there's a whole half of football. I go, I don't care. I am so mad. Well, you'll, you'll always have uh, Gotham FC, so. Thank God. Thank God I have the Red Sox for like those two years in Gotham, because outside of that, I'm oh, Well, I'm well, are you, you're, you're an F1 guy. Are you a, a Max Verstappen guy? Um... So I'm actually not an F1 guy. I'd like to be an F1 wait, guy. Wait, haven't we talked about... I thought you were an F1 we guy. Have. We have. I said I was going to attempt to get into F1. Okay. But Maybe. I don't have the ment. I have zero more sports brain space. I'm going to okay. be honest I, with you. Like, Well, if you've noticed, I tend to sometimes send you F1 memes because I send, yeah. I send them to you, Dom, and JC. <laughs> and I just... Because Dom and JC are definitely F1 guys. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah, that's now I, I I will be honest. I would like to, but at the exact same time, unfortunately. <laughs> well, you don't have time. I no, I have no more brain space. Like when it comes <laughs> to sports, my hard drive is full. Like, I'd love to get into cricket, but I watch cricket and I have someone who knows cricket explain me the rules. And it just in one ear out the other, and I'm just like I. I, I, I'm lost. I And then I just curl into the fetal position in the corner and start crying. Just start playing pickleball. 
That's that's <sighs> the, all the rage right now. Yeah, I just <laughs> physical activity be damned. But uh, <laughs> the real reason why you're here, we're going to talk about some EPL action that happened this weekend. Seven minutes and eight, or I'm eight minutes into the episode. I'll be honest with you, that's probably the longest we've gone without talking EPL on this. No, podcast. no, we we've rambled about random shit before way longer. Uh. Food, I'm talking about in sure. the intro. Oh, I'm saying intro. Have we introed longer than eight minutes? Like, that's going to be a tough one. It's probably been a while, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of really, really important games, important score lines, and, you know, we're, we're going to get into every last one of them. So, J.D., there's only one place to start, and that's Saturday morning. Manchester City 2, Everton nothing. Almost. I, I applaud Everton for the effort. Because, man, did they frustrate the shit out of Manchester City. But there's this guy. His name is Erling. And fuck it. He looks like he's got that look in his eye. Like, everything he hits is going to go into the back of the net. Two goals late in this game. Sees Man City getting two points and staying on pace with Arsenal and Liverpool for the title charge. Shady, it's pretty cut and dry. Everton, low block, 10 guys in the box. They just, they were going to do everything and anything in their power to keep that scoreline 0 0. It just, they, it really, there is no other way to break this down. Yeah, unfortunately for anybody outside of a Liverpool or an Arsenal or, you know, a Tottenham at that point, like really outside of a select few teams, you have to play the low block against City because you're just not going to be able to break them down. Um, it's if you try to break them down, you will be punished, and it'll turn into five or six nothing. So I, again, I, I agree with you. I applaud Everton for doing their best to a point, but man, it was close. Holland is just actually that good, and I he's been out for a while, and it's almost like he never left because he I think he's still leading the Golden Boot race, if I'm not mistaken. Um, at, even after being out for as long as he was, or at least he's in the running, I, it, he's just inhuman. Like, it, it, it's just, it's insane. But yeah, City, uh, game in hand, two points off Liverpool. So potentially, if they w- if they win that game in hand, they're one point above in first place. It's uh, it's gonna be a tough title race. I'll just say that. Um, yeah, I would probably have. I think I'm I'm assuming odds makers have City winning, uh, just because of that game in hand. But um, it's gonna be tight. Can't count can't count Arsenal out of it. And I wouldn't count Liverpool out of it. They had a little blip at Arsenal, but other than that, and we'll get to it specifically with Liverpool. Um, it's gonna be. I, I think it's a true three horse race. And that's as a neutral, you want to see it. As a Manchester United fan, <laughs> seeing three direct rivals all just rat race to the top is just. It's terrible. I'm not going to hey, lie. Just... Zero, zero goal difference, though, now. Hey, no. Oh, no. I have. <laughs> we are going to talk about that United game. Don't you fucking worry about that. If you're Douglas Louise, you can turn the podcast off now, you fucking <laughs> shoulder-shaking motherfucker. <sighs> Fallen 3, Bournemouth 1. Um, it's kind of exactly as I predicted. I think just Bournemouth have not looked solid recently like solid as they were on that string of games where they were just beating the shit out of everyone Fulham at home like it is a difference Fulham play a different style a different way with a different attitude when they are playing at Craven Cottage and it proved it 
early fifth minute goal. They never took their foot off the pedal. This was all Fulham, the full game. And JD, I, I mean, realistically, like, yeah. On paper, on the stats, it may look like Bournemouth had, yeah, 25 shots. What a hell, like, what a thing to talk about. But the, like, Fulham's clinical. So clinical in this game. Seven shots, six on target. Like, that is a team that tested Bournemouth every opportunity they could. They counterattacked properly, and that's how Fulham beat teams. They just, again, they play with a different attitude at home. They, their, when their crowd gets behind them, Fulham are a tough team to beat. Yeah, I think Fulham needed this. Uh, they needed this result because this puts them actually above Bournemouth um, by two points. And they were coming off two draws, so to get a win, they haven't had one of those in, four, in uh, five games. Uh, but this is a good case of efficiency beating brute force, because you see that. Yeah, Bournemouth, 25 shots, only four on target. Fulham, seven shots, six on target. Being clinical, efficient, and just running the game. It, it, it looks like it's pretty even, but really, Fulham had all the opportunities that mattered. And yeah, this is huge. Um, huge for Fulham. They, they, this, this can really help them... Uh, they're not really pushing for anything. Same with Burnmouth. Neither, you know what? Neither of these two teams really matter. No offense if you're a fan. But uh, in 12th and 13th place of the league, they're probably going to end in 11th or 12th place. So I, it's a good game, but I have nothing else to say, honestly. <laughs> Let's focus on something more, more interesting. Another team back in that title race, Liverpool 3, Burnley 1. I didn't mean back in that title race. I meant we're just now talking about a team that is in yeah. the title race. Liverpool 3, Burnley 1. JD, uh, I had one-ish eye on this game, strictly because I knew you had both of them. Uh, overall, I have nothing to add. Liverpool just played a very good game. It was a hell of a goal from Burnley. O'Shea's goal was yeah. really, yeah. really nice. But I think that's where the compliments for Burnley stop. <laughs> yeah, it's it's what we expected. Liverpool at Anfield against a pretty weak Burnley team. And uh, again, at Anfield, Liverpool don't lose at home. Um, and they just ran the show. Uh, 25 shots, 10 on target. The fact that they scored three, what, it, it could have been way more, basically. They controlled possession, efficient passing. I... I'm more than happy. I wish they could have put a couple more on, but at the same time, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from win at this point with City breathing down our necks. So yeah, just clinical. Um just the one loss with Arsenal in the in the last few games. Um yeah, I'm happy. Bring on the title race. One of the shockers of the weekend. Luton won, Sheffield United three. L Luton, what are you doing, baby? You what, gave them all the praise in the world. No, no. I want to be very clear. I have been rooting for Luton since day one. The first time on this podcast's history, everyone went for Luton, and Luton let everyone down. So if you all could stop jumping on my bandwagon with Luton, that would be fucking great, okay? <laughs> rooting for Luton is my weird thing, and you're not allowed to jump on my weird thing, okay? That sounded way more sexual than I wanted it to. Um, Sheffield United just wanted it more. And I know that's such a like bullshit way, like a, such a cop-out. Luton, for the first time, I think, watching this, took a, took a team in a game for granted. Like, before this game, Luton didn't care about who they were playing, where they were paying them. They were going to outplay their opponent. 
nowhere near the case. They walked into this game and almost looked like they had an attitude like, eh, it's Sheffield United. Luton, you are not good enough to have that luxury. I apologize, but I am not fucking sorry. You do not have that ability to go, it's just Sheffield. Motherfucker, you just got up to. Okay? All, and honestly, I don't want to discredit Sheffield, JD, at all. Sheffield United deserve all three points and more. And I'm telling you right now, you're looking now at the bottom of the table. Whew, this got These things got just a whole lot fucking tighter. Yeah, I, I is, the only thing to say is that Luton just got humbled at home. Um, I agree with you. I think they they kind of went into this thinking it's just Sheffield. We're on a really good you know run of form overall, and um, yeah, like you said, you are not good enough to do that. You need to take every game to the most serious you know ability. And I will say they they did kind of control the game, but they are not good. I I actually don't think they're good enough to control games in this yeah. way. I, 75% possession, that's probably the first time this season that they've had that much possession. I think that kind of freaked them out. Like, they didn't know what to do with it. And this is what happens. I, th- th- it'll be an interesting, uh, it'll, it'll be a very interesting relegation fight, especially after that. I mean, Sheffield have three wins out of 24. <laughs> 13 points, because they also have four draws. Uh, Burnley also tied with them on 13. And then you have Everton and Luton. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, no, it's... And it, and it genuinely wholeheartedly, like... It's amazing what a result can do for just overall confidence. You look at Luton, who were flying prior to this game. You now go up against Manchester United at home. You're home to Manchester United. But man, Man United are now starting to pick up a little bit momentum. You don't want a loss that can trickle more losses. And, like, you lost against Sheffield. You're going to be a heavy underdog against Manchester United. And you just don't want something barrel rolling into bad, if that makes any sense. Luton have been doing such a good job, and you had to get points in games you have to get points in. Because you just don't know. When you're a team at the bottom, you just don't know when you're going to get points. Flip it. Look at Sheffield United. Oh my God, what a more confident boosting win. Because I'll tell you this right now, I don't know who Sheffield's playing on the weekend, but let me tell you this. I bet you they're going to go in with a fucking obnoxious amount of confidence. Fuck it, we could put three goals in a game? Hell yeah. Let's go fucking do it again. Like They're at home against Brighton. Which, uh, honestly, I... We're gonna get yeah, we're gonna get to Brighton in a second, but I'm telling you this right now. Teams at the bottom who play like they have nothing to lose and a little bit of confidence are the most dangerous teams in the Premier League. And I will die on that hill. If you have a team fighting relegation with nothing to lose besides ruin your season, it's terrifying. That's nightmare fuel. Speaking of Brighton, Tottenham two, Brighton one, JD. This game was a fun watch, back and forth, each team, punch after punch after punch, and literally, I was thinking to myself while watching this game, this game will come down to the final kick. Someone is going to just have possession at the end and just bang it in. Jesus freaking Christ, what a hit from Brennan Johnson propels Tottenham to all three points, keeping them 
in that top four race, and you know, you look at some of the teams in the rear view who are catching up to Tottenham, this was so important to grab all three points. Yeah, um, I think I think Brighton are a little a little annoyed that uh that they let two points slip here. Um or one point rather. Um yeah, I don't know. I think Brighton played well away from home against a good Spurs team. It's it's always tough when you lose in the ninety sixth minute, you know, one of the last kicks of the game. But yeah, what a hit. I Tottenham probably just edge it out and maybe deserve all three. Um Obviously, results are results, but it's it's tough when Brighton, I think, played well and just didn't get over the line. So, I, I don't know. It's big because Brighton, they just haven't performed well this season overall. And Spurs are probably going to Spurs it up and be fourth place for most of the season and lose the last three games. <laughs> and, and get sixth and not be out of Europe. That's just what they do. So, I don't know. Um, Brennan Johnson, again, what a hit, but, uh, he hasn't quite performed to what I thought he would do. He was really good for Nottingham Forest. I thought it was a really good buy from Spurs. Um, but yeah, hopefully he'll, uh, start kicking. And, and, and what, again, I, I keep using the word on this podcast, momentum. What a momentum builder for Brennan Johnson. Like this would be what a, what a hell of a way to, he needed it. Wolves 0, Brentford 2. Um, very shocking performance from Wolves. Wolves usually a team that just have things clicking. And JD, I'll be honest with you, they owned possession. But outside of that, Wolves just felt like they were lacking a little bit of that composure when it mattered. Like, Brentford are always going to be good for a few counterattacks, which is, is how they propelled their goals. But... Just Wolves in general, like, you're going to have to shake this one off and shake it off real quick. You, you played well. Brentford just capitalized when you gave them the opportunity, and teams in the Premier League will do that. But if you're Wolves, you shake this off immediately. Just hit the ground running in training. Do not think about this result for one more second. Because realistically, I think Wolves played a good game. Like I said, they just finished that lack of composure when it mattered most. And, yeah. for Sheff- and for Sheffield United, I'm sorry, and for Brentford, just an important three points that is going to, you know, keep you in that top 10 race. And again, Ivan Tony on the goal sheet again, just every single time he scores, Brentford's thinking dollar signs because there's going to be teams in the summer tra- transfer window who will come in for a massive offer for an informed English striker. Yep, you could bet on that. Um, but yeah, I agree. Wolves just... Flash the pan, shake it off, move on. Uh, Brentford, huge win. Absolutely huge win for Brentford. Ivan Tony, we know how good he is. He's going to score probably 10 or 15 more goals this season and get sold in the summer, but it'll be good for Brentford. They'll be comfortably mid-table with him back. Um, and Christian Norgard, I feel like we haven't really talked about him. He's a really good player, and he always just pops up with like goals just here and there. And, and we just don't talk about him as much because he's not on a big team. So, I don't know. Great great Brentford win away from home. Not easy to do in this league when you're when you're not one of the bigger teams. So, to go to the Molyneux and uh, do what they did, fantastic. Final game on Saturday, Nottingham Forest 2, Newcastle United 3. Um, hell of an exciting first half followed up by a pretty lackluster second half. 
overall, the massive deciding factor, Bruno Gomarge, an absolute beauty in the 66th minute, sees uh, Newcastle grab all three points. And again, I I've just... Nottingham Forest have proven that they can keep to the pace to a point. They, they fight in every game and they stay close in every single game. But just, they lack that ability to just finish games out, close it up, and it's one of those things where, you know, they bring in more players than anyone else. And I wonder if there was a more core, solid group of players, you know, what would be the difference with that. But Hudson Adoy and uh, Alanga, two standout performers this year for Not uh, Nottingham Forest, both getting on the goal sheet. But really, we're talking about Bruno Gomes, who scored really, really quality goals, seeing Newcastle grab all three points, keeping them in pace with like teams like Aston Villa and Manchester United, you know, Newcastle United, yes, a little far from the pact, are not out of a spot for Europe. Yeah, um, huge win for Newcastle. It Nottingham Forest cracks me up in games like this where I look at the score sheet and I'm just like, oh, so it's just all the big team rejects, <laughs> Alanga and Hudson Odoi, like. How seriously? How mad are you that that United sold sold Alanga? Because he's I'm, been really good for Forest, and if he if he's that good for Forest, imagine how he'd be in this United team who has struggled at times. Like so, imagine if you had Alanga for Anthony. Like so, I'll, I'll say this: well, one, I would take a bag of Skittles and a Pop Tart for Anthony at this current moment in time. It doesn't need to be Anthony Alanga. I was reading a report, and I felt like it struck a really good chord. Anthony Alanga popping off at Nottingham Forest does not mean Manchester United dropped the ball in that transfer. He he had opportunities. He started games. He came off the bench. He had ample opportunity to prove himself at Manchester United. Some players can't do it in a United kit. And it just and it is what it is. It sucks. So it's but a United... It's a United issue. I don't even think it's a United issue. I just think sometimes players just can't do it when wearing the Manchester United shirt. Again, just because you are the best player for a bad team doesn't mean you'll be a good player on a good team, if that makes I, any I, sense. No, I, I agree with that like, for sure. Just just because you are a big fish in a small pond does not mean the second you get dropped in the ocean, you'll be able to hold your own. And I love the fact that Anthony Alanga's popping off. I like him. He's a class guy. He seems like an absolute, like, respectable young man who is popping off in one of the most competitive leagues in world football. I love to see it. I love to. The only thing I'm upset with is, again, I'm just ex upset with the price. It's, it's, you were talking about a young guy, you know, less than 21 years old, who I think he's less than 21, who's getting consistent caps for international for like consistent calls for national team consistently getting starting 11 positions 15 million euros is disgusting yeah like, that's 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 really low that's that's where i'm upset especially now looking at him popping off it's like you could have commanded a 40 million dollar move yeah at least it's, at least 30 if not 40 yeah again 15 million euro, 15 million british pounds is just unacceptable but that was with the old manchester united hierarchy the new one advertises not doing this, so... Yeah. Well, the only other thing I have to say about this game um, is I'm going to start just betting anytime goal scorer with Fabian Schar at this point. He's on a hot run of goal scoring for him as a defender, and those odds got to be great. <laughs> yeah, I bet you in EPL Fantasy, like, he's been picked up by every 
team possible because he's a defender, so he's probably not worth more than like four million or four and a half million, you know, hit on your salary cap. And he's averaging a goal every game. <laughs> yeah, like the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I might I might actually do that. The next Newcastle game, I might just throw like five or ten bucks. I did win. <laughs> Speaking of gambling, I I threw five on the coin toss in the Super Bowl last night, and I and I I won. So let's go. So let's I have go. I have like nine dollars and eighty something cents to play with. So I might do that on Fabian Shark. I'm telling you this right now. The whole tails never fails. Fuck that shit. Head until I'm dead. Okay? Oh yeah, no, I I Head never choose tails. Fuck that. Ugh. All right, let's we're we're on to Sunday, and we gotta we're we're gonna start with the ball the barn burner before we get to the <laughs> I would say the better game. Matt, it's just West Ham. Come on. Arsenal six, West Ham nothing. This game was, again, I'd like to pull positives from this from a West Ham side. There are no positives from the West Ham side. Arsenal had a sh- just a practice. Arsenal practiced at the Stadium of Light on Saturday, and West Ham attended the practice. That that's that's it, JD. Waves of fans leaving before the halftime whistle. It like that's that's not great from a West Ham perspective. Like I understand if they leave after like the seventy fifth minute, maybe, but it was only what was it four four nothing. nothing. It was four. Oh yeah, yeah, it was four nothing in the in yeah. It was basically three nothing, and then Trossard scored in stoppage time first half. Um, that's that's not a good look, West Ham. Like, come on. Like, and remember that's and remember that's one of the most expensive tickets in top English football. Like people do forget, like I think it's Tottenham and West Ham that are fight for like the most expensive ticket. So it's like it's not even just the fact that they're leaving at halftime. You are leaving a game where it probably cost you a lot more to be a fan for West Ham than it would be for someone else. And I should never say the price of the tickets what's keeping my ass in the seat. But I've been to Devils games. Where we're losing 4-1 in the third period with like eight minutes left. And I'm getting the look from every single one of the guys I'm with. They're like, so when you're ready to go, I'm like, well, let's wait a little bit closer to the final whistle. Like, well, See, the funny thing is when you talk about like American sports, oftentimes, I mean, there's obviously there's exceptions, especially with like baseball, like older stadiums. But a lot of American sports, you're driving to that game and you're, you know, leaving... 10 minutes early could potentially get you out of that parking lot 30 minutes earlier. That's not the case in England, for, especially for teams like Spurs and West Ham when their their stadiums are in the middle of fucking city. Nobody, there's no parking at that stadium for, you know, supporters. People are walking there from the, the tube station. So it's like you're not really you know, beating any traffic. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not really. So it's even more of like a fuck you to West Ham from their fans by from leaving at halftime. I don't know. I don't think I could do that. I like I, I just don't think I could do it. I I've, I've been to a you know, not of late, but I've been to plenty of Philly Union games in the past, uh, where they were getting just absolutely walloped, like four nothing, and I wasn't fucking leaving because I no. I like I I'm I'm a true supporter of that team. I remember, I remember the days when the New York Red Bull would beat Union in Chester. Yeah, I've, was, I, I had seen games there. You know, was, when they beat them like four one the one time, it's like I kept my ass in that seat. Doesn't happen anymore, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
for for Arsenal, I mean, cool. infinite positives. Uh, awesome job. I mean, re- realistically, every single one of your starters. Trossard's a gem. Like, it still baffles me that Trossard is, again, another attacking piece on this uh, lineup. Saliba and Gabriel both getting on the goal sheet's really, really cool. They frustrated the fuck out of West Ham with set pieces. Like, those set-piece goals really fucked West Ham. And, like, Arsenal used their size, as they should. If you have a team that's big in size, you should be taking that as an advantage. So, um, Declan Rice's goal, just chef's kiss. Like, Declan, the team was already down 5 nothing yeah. at this point. You didn't need to cock back and do that. I'll be honest. Like, no disrespect. Honestly, all four Declan Rice... It's a hell of a goal. It's a fucking goal he's going to put on his career highlight reel at the end of his life. I appreciate the no celebration. That's Mint. He does love West Ham. He, he respects that club. But Declan, man, come on. There, there were kids in the crowd who just did not want to come and see someone do that. Like yeah, there there's some there's some West Ham kids that are ripping down their Declan Rice posters after that one. But uh, yeah, if you didn't already know it. Declan Rice, good footballer. Probably good. worth 105 million pounds. Yeah, that's... Probably that's one of the few 100 million plus players that are maybe justified. And that's why I was always very like... Why are you spending X amount on... And I'm saying foreign and meaning they don't play in the Prem. I would feel much more comfortable spending a ton of money for a player who's EPL proven than someone who's coming abroad who's going to take them a year or two to develop. Like, yeah. Declan Rice never missed a beat. Declan Rice got into this Arsenal starting 11 and just... He's your holding midfielder for the next decade. Like, he literally will be in that holding midfielder position for the next decade. And when you really look at it, it's 10 million euros a year, 10 million British pounds a year, which is nothing. In the grand scheme of the big old universe we live in. I don't know. In so. case in case Real Madrid come calling. Imagine yeah. if they did a shakeup and Jude Bellingham and Declan Rice at Real Madrid. I'm just I needed to find a way to piss off Arsenal fans. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, I heard one rumor today, but we'll get into it after we discuss <laughs> the next game. Manchester United two. Aston Villa one. Is Scott McTominay the bane of your existence? <laughs> because JD, JD, every the... time you start to just doubt him. No, no. I want to be very clear. Very clear. Very clear. Death taxes and my love for the mixed sauce. Okay, are, well, I'm going to bring that up again the next yes. time. You're like, oh, fucking, why is McTominay coming on? God damn it. I want to be very clear. For two hours after this game, I hovered. In the Manchester United shop with a number 39 mix sauce jersey. Oh my god. You'll never do it. Don't don't act like you were actually going to do that. No, I... JD, because we all know me and buying jerseys with players' names on it. But mix sauce would be funny forever. If, it would. Yeah, but if you're going to buy a mix sauce jersey, buy his like Scotland jersey or something like that. Can you get a Scotland jersey customized? Yeah, like, 100%. I, I have a Scotland jersey. It's not customized because like it's a like a older jersey. Yeah, I got it from like I, a secondhand thing. But yeah, you can a hundred percent do that. I mean, I, that's what that's what I'm thinking. That 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 gets around your little issue. 
Yeah. Uh, whatever. He, he's not going to change nationalities. Like. Um. Yeah, Manchester United 2, Aston Villa 1. Um, overall, great game. Great. For the neutral, this game was phenomenal. Back and forth, a lot of action both ways. Both teams very physical. Uh, Hoyland getting on the goal sheet again. That is five goals in five games for Rasmus Hoyland. Oh, no. If this fucking kid starts to really fucking be consistent, fuck. JD, they made a comment on the halftime show, and it really made me think, this is probably the first time in a decade Manchester United actually has a striker. That that stop I, no stop it. I stop wanted it. to jump. Y'all had Zlatan Ibrahimovic for a season, and he to, fucking scored thirty goals. I Shut wanted up. to jump. Well, JD, when was do you, do you mind reminding me what seasons um what seasons Zlatan was with the club? It was about was eight, 2016, about, 2017, right? It was about six and eight years ago. So give or take, it's kind, it's kind of crazy how it's not far off. We are not far off from that statement being true. This is honestly, because again, Tony Martial, not a striker, barely a footballer. Marcus Rashford, his, his speed and his ability to put the ball in the net disappears when he goes down the middle. Um, Lukaku. The false, yeah, I'm talking no, about I'm, like pre- previous years. Yeah, you know? I'm, keep keep it going. Romelu Lukaku did butt fuck nothing for this club. A little um, before Zlatan, Radamel Falcao. <laughs> Falcao never got off the ground. Which Edison, was just, I don't th- I don't think Cavani was given the opportunity. Personally. Oh no, I I wish Edison Cavani was on this team. I'm not gonna lie to you, like genuinely not gonna lie to you. Like let's just say Rasmus wasn't here, but Cavani was. <sighs> Cavani would fucking eat at this club. Um. <laughs> Again, a really great performance from a lot of Manchester United players. Alejandro Garnacho, again, just starting the conversation of, is a 20-year-old from Argentina Manchester United's best player? Also, my, my girl, my girlfriend hates Garnacho. Yeah, yeah so does... <laughs> She I was watching this game. I was watching this game laying in bed, and she pointed him out. She's like, oh, that's that guy I don't like. He looks like a little pussy. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because it's care. the same thing. It's the same as thing as John Tolkien. She always points him out because he because he has the boy. He's the bleached head, and and she just you know what? pick him no. out. You know what? No, I got this. I got this, <laughs> Han. I got this. And 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 you make sure Mallory hears this part of the podcast. <laughs> she doesn't own bleach blonde hair. Okay, others are allowed to rock bleach blonde hair. <laughs> Your girlfriend doesn't own that color. Okay. No, but it's it's clearly not his natural no, she, hair color. She's jealous. And he just bleached the she's, top of his head. She's jealous. It's okay. It's okay to be jealous. I'm <laughs> I'm jealous of things. It's okay. You're allowed to be jealous. It's okay. <laughs> like God, did you see Usher's six pack last night? Like, dude, you're 45. How do you get that? Like, what do you do? It was, it was just really funny, like unprompted. Oh, that's that guy I don't like, yeah. right? And I was like, yeah, that's Garnacho. <laughs> um. United may have picked up another injury. Luke Shaw was unable to come finish the game, and I'm just like, oh, just, you know, fuck me. Just absolutely fuck me. I can't stay healthy. Like, none of my guys can stay healthy for fucking five minutes, and it sucks because United are now starting to pop off. You know, f- undefeated in the month of... Fe- uh, un- yeah, what? Undefeated in 2024. Is that yeah. not a crazy... For, Uni- for United fans, for how crazy the first part of the season was for us. Undefeated in 2024 so far. Holy shit. Yeah, Holy the prob- shit. The problem with Luke Shaw being out is he's probably going to just start eating cheeseburgers and come back like 20 pounds overweight. And- just just use the elliptical, my guy. <laughs> um, 
Aston Villa played a very good game, and I'll be realistic. There were, like, after the um, Douglas Louise goal, I was very much like, oh, Aston Villa is going to win this game because they, they really pressured uh, Onana, who made some really top saves. This game was a really good for the neutral. If you were a neutral watching this game, you probably had a lot of fun. For me as a United fan, I was watching this game with one eye closed under the covers. Um, I can't stress this enough, and this is going to hurt every fiber of my being to say out loud. Harry Maguire looks good, boys and girls. He looks comfortable. He looks like a guy who might be kind of maybe one day worth the 80 million pounds United paid for him. He's uh, never going to be worth that. But yeah, he actually did look really good in this game. Like, I, it's it's actually kind of crazy to think. And like, this is something I'm seeing on like chats and stuff like that, where it's like, did all we had to do was just take, was the captain's badge just too much for Harry Maguire? The second he wasn't responsible for leading 11 men on the field, he was actually like a confident motherfucker. Like, maybe. I... Just... I, I don't think so. I think he's just running into some good form. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't ride on Harry Maguire saving your season, personally. Oh, no, not at all. I just love the fact that, like, I feel like it's the first time since Harry Maguire's been on the team. And again, it shouldn't have taken, what, three years? All Bruno does on corners and set pieces, oh, let me just find the fucking six foot five fucking englishman whose head is the size of a fucking goddamn blown up beach ball let me just hit it near him maybe something will happen like that's me flailing my arms because you can't see listening to the podcast but it's like god that must have been just the hardest fucking thing to think of yeah did you say three years of harry Maguire? hasn't it been three years of harry Maguire? or did it might be it might it's be been way years. longer than that. It's been Has way it longer been? than that. Oh, okay. Well, then I've just... Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, wait, hold on. Because when did Harry Maguire go? Was that like 2018 or 2019? I'm pretty sure. I thought it was 2020 to 2021. Was it not the COVID year he came? 20, 2019. 2019. So, so five years. He's been with the club five years. He's probably yeah. up for a contract. Yeah. In July 2019, United made a 70 million pound bid for Maguire. No, oh, a year after the club backed down from a deal because the same fee was considered too high. <laughs> uh. They made an improved bid, believed to be 80 million pounds, which was accepted by Leicester on August 2nd, 2019. <laughs> uh. Oh, I love it. Yeah, no. Um, my only other comment in Aston Villa's direction, I think they played a very good game, and I think like outside of Onana standing on his head... Um... They deserved, I think, more in this game, I'm not going to lie. But Douglas Louise, just hold the L. Take the L, put it in your backpack, and take it all the way back to fucking whatever dancing class you did with those fucking shaking shoulders. I, I'm sorry, our, our player is not allowed to celebrate in their home Ce stadium. Celebrate it'd be all you different. No. Maybe it'd be different if it was in, in like, no. at Old Trafford, at the away, or the home supporters. No, but. This, this is my only thing. He did it directly to Raphael Varane. And even Varane is like, can I help you with something? And then the second Scott McTominay scored his winner, Varane was looking for one person and one person only and walked right up to Douglas Louise and just gave him a little on the chin. Yeah, because yeah, Varane did a lot, you know. <laughs> hey, Varane was a very important piece. Again, United, undefeated in 2024. JD, five points out of a, out of a top five, out of, of Aston Villa's uh, spot. I just... 
want to be very clear. And, that, and I want everybody to know that's only fifth place. That's frozen. I just want to be very, very clear. United, like, and you think, if Tottenham drew, United would have just stumbled into the top four race. They would have stumbled into it. And I have no other cup competitions to worry about. It's just, well, I have the FA Cup, but it is just the Prem. Get well soon, Luke Shaw. Final game of the weekend happened today on Monday as you are listening. Chelsea Football Club 3, Crystal Palace 1. JD, Chelsea Football Club, waited late, might I add, but found their shooting boots. It was all Crystal Palace in the first half. Uh, uh, Lamar, Lama, Lerma, Lerma. Lerma, yeah. Lerma. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful shot. Um, Great individual effort to win the ball back and place the ball uh, top top corner um but man it was all chelsea second half they really put their pedal to the metal bringing on raheem sterling also opened up a lot of opportunities for chelsea uh two late late goals from gallagher and fernandez would see chelsea grab all three points jd you guessed this game right you were the only one it was a good game honestly it was a good game was it though i here's the thing palace you know, scoring in the 30th minute, beautiful, just rocket of a goal. And it's really nice when it's not Elise or Eze doing that. And this was also Eze and Elise lists, I believe. I don't think either of them played. Um, yeah, they were both out. So I, that's, I think up until the 90th minute, this was an insane game for Crystal Palace. Uh, at home, of course. Chelsea, this looks better than it was. It's a 3-1 win. Take nothing away from it. But they scored the winner and the third goal in you know, in stoppage time. I I just still don't trust this Chelsea team. They should have beat the shit out of this Palace team without their two best players. And it took them to the very end. Connor Gallagher, two very well-taken goals, mind you. But, again, they just... It's, it's, not, it's not fully there. If they played a better team than Palace, I don't think they score any of their goals. I just don't. And, um... What was I going to say? Uh, oh, I had one other thing. Caicedo kind of sucks. Uh, yeah. That's... He gave the ball away so many times in this game. It's actually incredible Palace didn't actually score again. Because they Caicedo individually, I watched it. I was counting them. I, I counted like three times where you individually made a mistake that gave up possession. And either was on the counter or just gave possession back to, to Palace. And it's like, fuck. I'm kind of happy as a Liverpool fan right now. <laughs> like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be happy about another player's like poor form because that's you know their job and their livelihood. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm sorry. These, these players are getting paid so much to do the not minimal work, but just they don't. I don't know. I don't know how else to say this. I'm glad Liverpool did not buy Caicedo for a fucking hundred million pounds because he looks like a bang average twenty million pound midfielder. Yeah, it's and I remember it was a game a few weeks ago where Casado was both responsible for a Chelsea goal and giving up two horrendous Chelsea like conceded goals, and it's just like Casado kind of walks around the field like genuinely like a little lost. I want I I lost I think is the word I'm gonna go with. It, he just kind of just coasts, and I'm actually gonna put that on the coach. And I'm going to put that on Pochettino because when Casido played for Brighton, he, man was locked in. Man knew where to be. 
He knew, you know, where to go, what to do, places to be, what positions to be in when certain things are going on. Like, that's what made him worth the $100 million move. And now that he's at Chelsea, I feel like he doesn't have direction or purpose. And I'm going to put that on the coach because it just seems like one of those things where you have a $100 million talent on your roster. And I have this feeling like you're just telling him politely to just... Just be a CDM, hang out, and it's like, give this man purpose. Give this man a goal. Give this he, man. He's still a young player, and that's the thing. Like, like, like you said, it's like he's a hundred million pound player, so you, it should be expected that this player should just already be that good. It's like, no, you need to coach it into him. Like, you need to tell him exactly what to do because he's just running around being a CDM in quotes, and it's like, eh. teams are gonna find that out very quickly. But that's all the games uh, this weekend. Um, we do have Champions League coming up. Um, we will discuss those. We'll, we'll break those down a little bit in the upcoming episode uh, a little bit. But uh, the EPL teams are, as discussed, Man City start their Champions League round of 16 away at Copenhagen. Of course um, they do. Yeah, just why, why, eh, why not? God, they, yeah. God, for, God forbid they get any kind of a challenge. Um, Liverpool do not play in the Europa League round of 32 as they automatically advance to the round of 16. Uh, kudos to them. And if I'm Arsenal not... Arsenal Porto should be fun. Yeah, yeah. No, Ar- Arsenal Porto actually is going to be a very, very fun time. But, um, yeah, let's see. So we have that. Uh, I Arsenal think that might Porto. be it, yeah. actually. That's it for At least champ- for right yeah. now, yeah. Well, that's Champions League. Liverpool will find out their next... Uh, opponent after the round of 32 and then in the um conference, conference league, league uh, let's let's pretend i looked at that um thank you yeah <laughs> thank you once again for joining us on another wonderful episode of the epo boys uh we greatly appreciate all the love and support that you guys provide every single step of the way if you are not already please give us a follow on instagram at the epl boys for everything up to date here from the epl boys camp and if you are not already please hit the subscribe button from wherever you're getting your podcast to make sure you are getting updated pods as they drop for JD, guys, my name is Matt. Please be safe, please be well, and we will see you guys next time. Peace out.